1: Wood Talk Online, a podcast for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now, here are your hosts,
0: Mark Spagnolo and Matt Vanderlist. Take it away, boys.
2: Welcome to Wood Talk Online, episode seventy for May twenty-six, two thousand and ten. I'm Mark
1: Spagnolo. And I'm Matt Derlist. You know, as we always do at the top and bottom of every show, we want to remind you of all the different ways you can get a hold of us. So say you ever have a comment, maybe have a question or a suggestion, maybe about something you're going to hear today or maybe something you, you want to hear in an upcoming episode. You can reach us by a couple of different ways. You can either email us at woodtalkonline at gmail.com or you can pick up the phone and leave us a message on our voicemail at 623-242-2450 or there's a couple other of newfangled ways that we've been doing for a while, but we've been hiding from you because we're afraid you're actually going to use them. But we decided, let's put it out there. What the heck? We're a couple of nice guys, and we'll just – any way you want to get hold of us. So you can get a hold of us now by Twitter. Actually, we've been there for a while. It's nothing new. Yeah. But you can find us at either at MBW Podcast for myself or – at Wood Whisper for Mr. Spagnolo over there. Mm-hmm. And of course you can also find us on Facebook. So one way or the other, if you have something you want to say or a question, you know what, reach out, touch us. Well preferably <laughs> just, don't touch us. Just <laughs> the right way, not the wrong yeah, way. Exactly. Uh, and yeah, we're pretty much
2: like we're pretty much everywhere, right? You have to be today.
1: Yeah, exactly. So one way or the other, you can get hold of us and we will have links for all this stuff in the show notes to make it that much easier for you. And like I said, we'll mention this again at the end of the show. Cool. And on top of it, since this is our newfangled one, Mark, this is this is us sticking to an actual schedule and not just giving lip service. It's
2: been exactly two weeks since the last show, and uh, I'm about to crap myself. I'm so excited.
1: I know. I'm, I'm like, I, I don't know what the, we're going to talk about today. So <laughs> to, to kind of help us out a little bit, we brought in a special guest. He's been here before, and for some reason he's agreed to come back. It is our <laughs> very own Shannon Rogers of Woo! com, the Renaissance woodworker. Rod, uh, Shannon, thanks for stopping by. <laughs> huh? What? Oh, Roger Twitter. Shannon. All right.
0: I was, I was going to the Facebook and Twitter pages and leaving hate mail <laughs> there
2: you go yeah we're always glad to have Shannon on the show it was a blast having you here before I thought you fit in really well with us and we decided to just throw him into the fire again this time because I I think Matt and I just finished up our uh, topics about five minutes ago and brought Shannon in and he has no idea what we're going to talk about so that should be fun and interesting
1: yeah I, I love the hot seat idea so Shannon stick it out with us we know you can handle it
0: Like me. You really like me. (laughs) Exactly. We do.
1: This is gonna be a lot like the witch trials of Salem, so (laughs) something like that. We're gonna dip them in water and stuff? Maybe. I don't know. How long can you tread water, Shannon? Are you good? (laughs) (laughs) All
2: right. (laughs) <laughs> uh, On to onto our topics today. We've got a couple different random things, which is going to be uh, something we're going to try to do more often. Um, workshop security. Now, we just had uh, Workshop Safety Week or Woodworker Safety Week, and this is a little bit different. We're not talking about safety. We're talking more about how to stop your crap from being stolen. Now, this is more of a uh, roundtable discussion as opposed to really you know, having some well-thought-out uh, suggestions here. I'm just kind of curious myself what other people might do. Um, and we'll also be talking about some specialty blades and um, Ski wrote us an email. We'll talk a little bit more about that coming up and also um, there is a woodworking conversation via Twitter going on right now and I know you two know about this with Adam King and Furniture Girl and in fact it's, it's going on right now. Uh, and watch, uh, you know, all eighty people will leave immediately. Uh, to, they're like something else is going on. Okay, I'm out.
1: <laughs> oh, finally we have options. <laughs> um,
2: so but, we'll talk but a little bit. Somehow
0: Adam King just tweeted me and said that he's tuning in into Wood Talk Online. So
2: well, well, you I don't know what that's it is going to be a very
0: interesting conversation. <laughs> well, ah, I guess
2: it is Twitter, problem. right? So it's got to you got to do something in between your your, your tweets, right? So.
1: That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I uh, will also talk a little bit about something that I, I posted and someone brought to my attention, which was hilariously funny to me for some reason, is to see uh, Festool being sold at Walmart.
1: I seriously thought that was part of uh, the Onion Radio News <laughs> Network when you first uh, posted that. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. So you know what? We've been uh, keeping Shannon quiet enough. Now it's time for Shannon to tell us a little bit about what's been going on in his shop uh, lately. What he you been working on?
0: What have been working on? A lot, actually, quite mm-hmm. a bit. There's, and none of it is stuff that I've actually planned to do, which I guess is typical. Okay. I um, I actually have that Queen Anne table finished. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um. Well, not quite. We'll just put it this way. This it's, is the
2: this is the one that was from the the guild build. Um, right. Time right. Frame. Okay.
0: Um, everything but the uh, OG molding around the top is is done, and I've actually got two sides of that done. Mm-hmm. Um, but i um I built uh one of those stickly tabouret tables, those little round tables a while ago. I built it for my wife to put in her voice studio, and she has gotten more comments on that thing and it turned into uh four commissions for the same table um some of Very them nice. would, uh you know a couple were in white oak, two were in white oak, one was painted like my wife's. I just did that in pine, mm-hmm. and the last one was done in walnut and um you know, I figured since I was making them, I'd make them all at the same time and kind of do a little mass production thing. Well, nice. I, well yeah, except it didn't work out. In
2: theory, long. nice in theory. In,
0: <laughs> in theory, mass production would have worked <laughs> right. out. But, you know, it, the differences between walnut and pine and white oak, when you cut the joinery all exactly the same, Yeah, the pine fits looser than the white oak does. Oh,
2: and yeah, okay.
0: It up uh, blowing through a couple of pieces on the half laps on the bottom and mm. had to remake them. And, but needless to say, they all came out, and it was – Truly, I think the um, the most furniture that my shop can handle because <laughs> there was just no place to step. There was a table <laughs> everywhere I stepped. Yeah. You know, the, my my bench is eight feet long, and I had three tables on the bench, and I had a table behind me. Meanwhile, I was building this little picnic table that I just blogged about—an American Girl picnic table mm-hmm. that was that. set off to one corner. Um, I've still got the queen Anne table set in another corner, and I've got a, a, a kind of a hepa white two drawer table that i built at the, the acanthus workshop a chuck bender sitting in another corner of the shop so i wow. just kept tripping over stuff it was bad it was very bad so getting those tabarets out of the shop was really really nice
2: yeah it is a nice feeling when you've got you know no place to walk no place to uh to put anything down you certainly can't start anything else until these things are out of there it's just nice to get them out of the shop and done As as nice as it is to kind of just see the completion of the project it's even nicer for them to just get the hell out of the shop, you know, just clear <laughs> space and, and start for the the new project, you know?
0: Well, I really had trouble when it came to finishing because I had other stuff in the mix. Mm, yeah. And I mean, I don't have a finishing room. So, you know, th- there's dust everywhere. Right. And, you know, this, well, I shouldn't say this time of year, it's unusually warm here right now. It was in the upper nineties today, mm. um, which of course comes with 90% humidity. So mm. not really the best finishing weather because no. it'll be raining one second and then really, really humid and misty the next second. Sure. So I had to run outside and apply some oil on and get it to the point where it just tacked up and like, run it back inside (laughs) (laughs) while it was raining and that caused some issues
2: oh man the humidity you know that is one thing that i'm really thankful for living in the desert is when it comes to finishing um you know it can work against you sometimes but man if you're really in a rush (laughs) it's it's really (laughs) no problem the humidity just slows things down just tremendously it's amazing
1: yeah, definitely. Oh, that, it, it's, it's horrible. That's what we're heading into right now. In fact, this weekend, I was hoping to get some more stuff done. But it looks like supposedly, supposedly it's supposed to cool down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think it's going to happen. So <laughs> I'm right there with you, Shannon. It's just like one of those, everything you touch is sticky, you know. And it, and then you start wondering, like, no, wait, is it sticky because it hasn't set up yet or just because it's damn hot out? You, which, you don't, don't know if something's
2: wrong or if it's actually just the way, you know, just the weather.
1: All um, right. So, Matt, how about
2: you? Speaking of your shop, what's going on?
1: Well, of course, I kind of like Shannon, I finished up a few things. They're out of the way right now waiting to be picked up and uh, moved completely out of the house. But the big thing for me, it's one of those moments where I'm like, should I share this with people or should I just keep this to myself because it's slightly embarrassing? But, (laughs) oh, what the heck? Everybody knows that I'm a big fool when it comes to the shop. Mm -hmm. um I was recently getting ready to do some resawing on my on my bandsaw, and I, I the last time I went to do it, I was having some real issues with the blade being tensioned the right way. I I I was being kind of uh, rather than testing it by hand and seeing you know if there's that little deflection in there, mm-hmm. I was trusting the guide on the back of the uh, the saw too much, and that's when it suddenly dawned on me that I had actually mistensioned the uh the blade. It's a half inch blade, and I tensioned it for more like eh, three eighths. Okay. So. Yeah, it was pretty floppy and it explained why <laughs> everything kept coming out with that nice little barrel curve on it and i'm like just stupid machine they they said it's ne- you know it's it's supposed to be able to tension it really easy and everything else i was getting right. really oh just really overheated about it and then i was completely red for a different reason once i realized the actual size of the blade versus uh what the tension ga- uh, gauge and then when i actually did feel it by hand what it turned out to be so yeah that was a lot of fun
2: <laughs> you know what sucks is is when you realize something like that and then you tension it you think you have tension properly and then you still get that bow you know as you're yeah. trying to resaw something uh, that's always fun but
1: oh yeah that was exactly it because part of it was like i was doing some smaller materials only about like uh three and a half inches wide so that that resawed great and then i got to this taller stuff and again this has everything to do with um you know we always go back to the discussion about we get the question what size joiner should i go with six inch or eight inch Mm-hmm. obviously 8 inch would be a huge advantage because a lot of our material you know, you've mentioned enough, enough times yeah. I've mentioned enough times a lot of our stuff falls within that 8 inch range and of course, this was like uh, six and a half inches is what I need. So it's a half inch wider than my, my joiner. So I said, well, all right, I'm going to do just one edge and then I'm going to run it through. But when I would bump it right up against the fence because it's I didn't take the time to clean up the one face, mm-hmm. it's kind of, you know, I think it's following the fence nice and flush, which it is. It's just that the board is kind of well it's rough <laughs> so <laughs> right. it's following all those nooks and crannies so by the time i got done that's exactly it i was barreled right down the center and i'm again i'm like what the hell oh my god just turn off the machine and walk away <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's that's what you need to do i mean it's <laughs> yeah. the wood the wood can a lot of times dictate the path of
2: that blade and even when you have everything set perfectly if it's just a temperamental piece there sometimes there's just nothing you can do to get it to uh to go straight
1: Exactly. So that's the main thing I did As I kind of anticipated it a little bit. Actually, I didn't anticipate the wood giving me problems. I just anticipated my own issues that I have. And so I I made sure that I left the the board a little bit thicker than I really, really would want it to normally. And that way I was able to go back in with a thickness planer, clean it up to the final dimensions that I needed. And it, it turned out perfectly fine. But I'm like... You Know most people have that little oops factor. I always factor in a huge oops factor. It's like <laughs> if, you, if you're supposed to play it for like 25%, I say 50 to 75% is more like the mat factor. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now, Sh- Shannon, do you wind up doing a lot of
2: resawing in your shop, like buying rough and then resawing down?
0: I do actually, um, <clears throat> which I don't know whether it's a good idea because I've got an underpowered grizzly bandsaw, but. Um, you know, I've got the riser block on it, which was probably kind of a silly idea because it really just can't handle yeah. 12-inch wide lumber. But, sure. you know, I'm good up to about 8 inches. Um, and, and, Matt, I actually tension mine like the next mark up. So if okay. it's a 3-8-inch bandsaw, I'm tensioning to a half and half to 3-quarters. Um, I, I ran a 3-quarter-inch blade on it once, and it just it didn't do well. So I actually downsized to a, a half-inch wood slicer. And okay. Yep. It does. It does fine. But I was still getting a little bit of that barrel problem. The thing that fixed it for me was when I put that um, aftermarket Carter guide set on it. Ooh, okay. well, that okay. thing is awesome. Um, it keeps it dead on to the point where you can, you know, you can resaw veneer on it if you want. Nice. But lately, like, um, well, like with the the queen Anne table piece that I built, um, I had to buy twelve uh, quarter walnut for the legs. And I didn't need that much for the legs because the board that I ended up getting for the lumber rail was eight inches wide mm-hmm. and uh, three inches thick. And I my legs themselves were two inches square. Mm-hmm. So I actually got three legs out of across the width. Um, I had almost enough to get the fourth one in there, but just with the kerfs and things like that, it was a little bit shallow. So I ended up with quite a bit of board left over and I ended up resawing it to make the seven eighths inch stuff for the rest of the table, which of course mean... The, you know the wood matched. Sure, the color right. was all constant, and everything. But nice. you know, if I didn't resaw it, I'd be stuck with this really big, thick piece that I'd have to save for, you know, a cabrio leg or something like that further on. So sure. I, I do a fair amount, I'd say.
2: It opens up a lot of creative opportunities, I think, when when you have the ability to resaw. I mean, even just um, what I was working on today uh, was the panels for this door. Uh, basically, the door is six total panels. Each door has three. Um, and the walnut for this was just this really interesting, unique. In fact, I've got some pictures that I could put up into the feed here, so people who are watching live can check it out. Um, really wild, gnarly looking walnut, and this is partially a, a you know the the client's design. So. I didn't have that much to work with, but I wanted to make sure I did sort of a book match and had it repeated on both doors. And uh, of course, the only way to do that is to resaw this three-quarter inch piece, you know, into two and, and get it down to the right thickness. So, I mean, something like that it would just wouldn't have been possible. And you can g- just get a, not only better use of materials, conserving materials, but also uh, really opening up some doors for design opportunities.
1: Yeah. That is really nice. Yeah, that is one thing I really love about resong is when you get that book matched. I mean, the thing I'm doing mm-hmm. right now is they're essentially drawer sides. <laughs> I'm still like as I'm, uh, as I'm doing it, and I open it up. I'm like, that's so pretty. Just look at that. Oh, <laughs> nobody's going to see it. It's a drawer side. <laughs> no, but it's it's
2: just uh, – I think it was when we were interviewing uh, Kelly Mailer for the uh, a Guild interview a while back. He was talking about the fact that he had cut, uh, I believe it was, end tables. The tops were all cut from the same board so that essentially if you were to put those two tables together, the grain would continue from one to the other. But, of course, they're going to live on two sides of a bed. So the average person, really no one is ever going to notice that those two tops are continuous. But how cool is it that it's just one of those little things that as a woodworker you can kind of just go, yeah, look what I did, you know?
1: Yeah, you yeah. get the little, yeah. the little girl giggle. <laughs> That's so neat. Yeah, pretty
2: much. Or, or a little Matt giggle.
1: Yeah, or a little. (laughs) So, speaking of uh, of giggles, what do you got going on, Mark? Now you mentioned that you're working on this cabinet, and I know you've got a you've been been doing some live streaming with that, if I remember right. Yeah. Sorry, I have
0: to interrupt. Worst segue ever. (laughs) of giggles, Mark. What are you doing in your shop?
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, that was that was a perfect segue. It made perfect sense. I I I followed the flow. Uh, yeah. Hey, nobody <laughs> said this was going to be good.
0: <laughs> hey, These speaking of uh, show.
2: speaking of marshmallows, let's talk about uh, Peter Gilbert's chair notes here. Um, <laughs> that right, was so... my segue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So speaking of of what's going on in my shop, I've I've got pictures of that as well. This is uh, another piece for everybody. Re- not everybody, but some people may remember the the summer of Wengi and that customer uh, Ed, who is just a, a great guy and a real um, he just really appreciates good quality not just craftsmanship, but hardwoods. I mean, the guy really lets me have fun and and use good materials. And uh, this is the couple pictures here of some of the stuff that I'm doing. Just basically it's like a little mini armoire cabinet on four legs type thing. Uh, It's gonna have an adjustable shelf Uh, in the middle. It's got those little splayed uh, curved legs which uh, match the other pieces that we've made for him. And uh, pretty much frame and panel design for the sides. Uh, Cherry, walnut, and those door panels are bird's eye maple with that funky walnut on the top. And I'll tell you, what I did today was the part that I was most nervous about. This is really, you can't see it in the picture so much, but really high quality bird's eye maple. And that walnut is really unstable. And I did the best I could using like epoxy and CA glue and things like that to kind of, Uh, stiffen it up a little bit and make sure that it doesn't fall apart on me. But when I routed the raised panel for that particular, for those particular panels, I was just nervous as heck because I I didn't know whether it was going to, you know, the bird's eyes are going to pop out. Is the walnut just going to tear apart? I mean, that grain is going all over the place. So you guys know how that can be if you got a, you know, a big giant bit screaming around and and, and hitting that wood. Who knows what's going to happen? I didn't
0: realize that was a raised panel.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's hard to tell on the, the angle there, but it's a full-scale raised panel, and what I wound up doing was gluing the walnut to the uh, to the maple first so that once the raised panel action is done, it exposes the bird's eye underneath, and only the raised tippy-tip portion, that little eighth of an inch um, area that usually squares off on most router bits, uh, that part is the only thing that's walnut in that. So it was kind of a neat concept, and I just wasn't sure if it was actually going to work. And fortunately, it did, and all six panels came out perfect, and uh, and I'm pretty happy with the results. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah. So that's what I've been doing, and I've been live streaming the whole time. I figured if I'm you know stuck in the shop for for four days banging out this project, I may as well set up two cameras and have the double live stream going. It's uh it's been a lot of fun, but I'll tell you, you got to stay out of the chat room. Um, <laughs> I, I I have found in the past when I've run my live cam, I get nothing done. Um, And it's it's because I've got the damn chat room open and if you leave it closed and you just work and put those cameras on and forget that they're there, it's amazing how much more work you can get done.
1: I thought we were having flashbacks to the, uh, the early days of Wood Whisperer when I heard you're going back with the live cameras. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. What, what yeah. day is it, McFly? Yeah,
2: yeah. I do it once in a while, but it's, it's definitely not a regular thing because I'm not in the shop on a regular basis. As, as you well know at this point, I'm, I'm actually in the office more than I'm in the shop, which is kind of disappointing. So, um, But yeah, it felt really good. It felt good to get back to the basics and just get some sawdust and, and do the whole live thing. And, you know, it's a lot of fun.
0: Sweet, I was definitely. just digging the time lag between the two cameras. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd look at one and go. Wait, marks in one and not in the other. And then yeah. he would walk into the picture. And it yeah, I
2: told, well, I told Shannon he needs to go and place some bets in the chat room. Yeah, right. The chat I room bet most likely about
0: go that that panel right now.
2: I'll yeah, you. Drops, exactly. You can yeah. make you can make a few bucks. Why not? Thirty bucks
0: as he drops the clamp. No.
2: <laughs> oh man! Well, anyway, let's jump into some <laughs> topics here. We uh, I gave a brief inter- introduction to some of them. Um, let's talk a little bit about workshop security and things that you might do uh, to protect yourself and protect your tools. And I'll tell you the reason why this is fresh on my mind is um, theft and hacking and you know things like this have just been on my mind lately. The last month has been quite a learning experience for me just with my Gmail being hacked, my website being hacked. Uh, it's been one thing after another. So security is just, you know, on the on the top of my, my mind right now. And on top of it, about four days ago, my mother-in-law's house was broken into. Oh, and geez. yeah, so then all of a sudden, I'm like, great, you know, I mean, wow. we, we were going to get a security system installed in our house just because, you know, I grew up in New Jersey and had my house broken into like three times. So I grew up as a very paranoid kid Uh, about these things. So I always wanted to get like a security system installed and this was kind of the kick in the pants that we needed. But what it got me thinking about is okay, you know, our shops, think about how much money the average hobbyist woodworker spends on tools. And even if you're a hand tool woodworker, I mean, you guys know as well as I do, they can cost as much as these power tools can uh, if you get some of the really good quality brands. So I'm curious, number one, do you guys do anything at all to secure your workshop um, and, and do anything for theft prevention.
1: Well, I think in, in my situation, at least mine's a little bit, little bit more secure than I think yours because mine's in the house in, in the, the sense basement, that, like, right? you'd have to actually come through. I mean, yours is in the garage for for both of you, if I remember right. With yours is in the garage, isn't it, Shannon? Yes, it is. Okay, yeah. So yours is a little bit more kind of easy access for a would-be robber to come in um, where mine, they'd have to come through the garage or the front door and then eventually make their way into the inner sanctum and then (laughs) go downstairs into, into the shop. So mine is a little bit more secure because I would definitely be able to hear them trying to move that uh, granite top saw out of the shop if (laughs) they wanted to. (laughs) Right. Uh, Mainly because I would just come to the stairs and go, I want to see how you guys are going to do it. So the next time I do it, I know what to do. Um, but you know, other than the, the usual locking the door and reminding people to lock the door when they leave, um, that's the extent of mine. So I'm, I'm curious what you guys do. Shannon, do well, you do anything
0: since we're streaming live and, and I'll take a tip from the chat room and this is recorded for posterity. I usually have motion sensored Gatling guns <laughs> mounted on the wall. There are infrared sensors, laser beams, and a very, very large dog who hasn't been fed in a long time. That's what I like to hear. Shop. So anybody who's <laughs> listening to this, just know that's the case.
1: So you've opted not to go with the clan of ninjas hidden in the rafters?
0: <laughs> I can't give away all the secrets. I mean, come all on. This. Sorry about that. <laughs>
1: well,
2: I mean, is, is there anything that you think people can do, like, realistically? Uh, and I'm, this is not like I have any grand answer to this. I really don't know right. uh, what we can do other than, like, just insurance policy type things, making sure you're insured. Uh, making sure that you have all your serial numbers, and maybe, and this is no problem for those of us who film all of our work, uh, try to get a videotape of your entire shop so you have proof that you did own these things at, at one time. And just make right. sure you, you keep good records of all this stuff, just in case something happens.
0: Right, and and I actually, my insurance agent actually told me to do that. Go and video the entire shop. And uh, yeah. and I did, and I've got a running list of everything and all the tallied and all that stuff. But actually one of the things that I do, um, I've got a TV in my shop. If I'm gone for long periods of the day, first of all, my dog actually stays in the shop and he barks at anything that moves outside the door. That's oh, quite a go. deterrent. Yeah. But at the same time, I usually leave the TV on. Um, like today I, I kind of felt didn't want to go to work because I put The Incredibles on the TV and put it on repeat. That's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to go to work. Nice, but you know the, the the TV runs in there or the radio's going or something like that. And I mean, yeah, the door is locked and there's extra locks on the door. But I mean, thief's got to have some pretty big cojones when he hears something going on in the shop. And believe me, my 120 pound dog is a real pushover. But his bark. Sounds like a hundred and twenty pound dog, so <laughs> yeah you know, I, you know, I, I feel pretty good,
2: yeah, no that's good. I mean, the dogs is something that have has always given me a little sense of security, but I always think you know the person with the right mentality who knows dogs could totally walk in and convince my dogs that he's in in control, you know what i mean right. like i I guess I'm just theorizing this because then again. I have actually had to pull my dog off a of somewhat a guy who was spraying around the outside of the house, oh, and we for, we forgot to close the glass, and he charged through the screen door. And the only thing separating my gentle, friendly black lab from this poor guy was a screen door. Oh um, man. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, who knows? I mean, guess I, I guess I hope that between a, a you know hundred pound lab and a ninety pound Doberman, that one of them is going to you know do the whole just defensive thing. So, right. Yeah, so I mean other than that, uh, I can't really, you know, other than having like a real security system and just making sure that you're you're covered insurance wise, I just don't know. I mean, it really is just part of your house for, for all intents and purposes and you protect it the same way you protect everything else, right? Right. Yeah. You know I and mean, I think
0: what you said is right, anybody with the right mentality who really wants to break in it's going to be able to break in, so yeah, right, that's what insurance is for, and that's also right. what
2: my shotgun is for, and <laughs> that is also what the security system that I just had installed today is for, so
1: right, there you go, well, you know you made some really great points about the whole insurance thing, and I know um with, with my wife's photography business, that was one thing that we looked into was um does our homeowner insurance cover that and a, a lot of times. Depending on the size of your shop, the, the tools that you have, and whether or not you make any kind of money from it whatsoever, even if it's just hobbyist income, yeah. um, our insurance agent was explaining to us that more than likely we're going to have to get a separate rider. So that's one of those things that's really important to look at You know, if this is something that you're really, really concerned about, or maybe even if you're you're not that concerned about, you just want to protect your tools your investment from something even like you know like mother nature deciding that you know hey that giant oak tree that's outside of our house would look really great across the top of your house you know it's just things like that um hey free wood (laughs) yeah (laughs) trust me i've been looking at that going yeah that's a nice one because we're surrounded by oaks all over the place here uh but that was one thing is is, again you kind of mentioned all the the big ones you know, going through and uh documenting all the tools that you have um, I remember like growing up with uh, the police would come through. And for if there was a rash of bikes being stolen or an a, a, a attempt to stop a rash of bikes from being stolen doing stuff like putting security ids uh like etched on the tools themselves or on the bikes sure so i mean you would i don't think you want to do that with your your hand planes like i could see somebody being foolish enough like myself putting it on the bottom of their hand plane on the sole (laughs) (laughs) it's corrugated exactly (laughs) i can see you putting engraving in the bottom yeah that would be great yeah, oh, yeah! don't even get me started. I probably will one day go, why <laughs> should I do that? What the heck?
0: Let's you don't have to engrave it. your name, Matt. We just look for the banana-shaped ones. <laughs> there <laughs> there
1: <you go. laughs> just bring a straight edge with you. You'll be able to
2: identify Matt's in a heartbeat.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah I, I can see it up at the pawn shop. They'll be like, yeah, this one for $2, some more on banana this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you man. know, but, uh, but that's one of the big things is definitely uh, checking with your insurance agent, seeing if you need to have – you know, a, an extra rider on it that would definitely help out. And I say, what the heck? You know, I've I've got a couple of tools that I could probably easily etch my name in an appropriate area <laughs> so that it's <laughs> right. not going to hinder my tool, but at the same time, might be able to help me identify it if, say, you know, they did catch the bastards who who took it. So sure, yeah, a couple of things to think about. Yep, there it is. All right, uh, we had a
2: email that came in from from Ski, and we talked just two or three emails back and forth about this, and he asked me a question concerning. Um, blade thicknesses and he said we've got thin curve blades and of course we have standard curve blades and he wants to know if there's any justification or reason why uh, some of these companies shouldn't make what we would think of as like thick curve blades and the reason he's asking is because he was trying to cut in his particular case he was cutting a quarter inch groove I think and, of course, you can use your dado for this, and most dado sets will easily get you to a quarter inch. But he was thinking, why aren't there more specialty thick kerf blades, things like three-eighths of an inch, maybe even a quarter inch, um, that are specifically dedicated for that? Would You guys think there would even be a market for that, or is it too niche?
1: I, I personally think that it's pretty niche do but um, I don't, that's just me. Uh, how about you, Shannon?
0: I think it would be cost prohibitive. Yeah. Any manufacturer trying to... When you think about all the carbide on a quarter-inch saw blade, that's a lot. um, It not only would be a niche market, but it would be so damn expensive. that, (laughs) You know, I don't know. We should get John Economaki on here and ask him. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) You'd be talking about he's found he's found a niche for really really high quality, really expensive stuff. But you know.
1: There you go. Maybe yeah, that. They, maybe like, they'd be the ones to make them. <laughs> you know. Oh, there you go. <laughs> no, no kidding. We don't. One thing I thought about, and <laughs> 80... sure he listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> he does. What are you talking about? <laughs> of course he does. He Emails like, me all the time. It, Shannon, you're out of here. <laughs> he's like, he's
2: like, hey, Mark. I was listening to the last. Uh, we talk online
1: sixty-seven, and uh, I got a question for you. And on top of it, we're going to put out a commemorative tool based on that episode. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But, you know, one thing I was thinking of, and maybe I'm kind of, you know, uh, a little out in left field, which isn't that unusual. But um, it seems like a thicker blade. What would that do to your motor long term? You know, Mm. I mean, you definitely don't see a lot of people keeping their dado blades on. And, and running, you know, just, you know, a, a, a ton of material with it. I mean, obviously you could have a dedicated machine for that, yeah. but it just seems like after a while that would really put some wear and tear on the saw also. Well, so I'm thinking it
2: would it would have to be completely a specialty item, This, you know, just like your dado blade. It's not something right. you're going to keep on the saw, but... If you can, let's say, get it in common sizes that you use all the time, and maybe in place of a dado blade, I'm just, I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate here. Um, right. I, I also don't think it's practical. I think it's too niche and, and like Shannon says, too expensive. Um, right. But I didn't want to dismiss Ski's question. I just wanted to see if anyone else thought that there was any practical way that something like that would be brought to market. Um, I guess I guess if there was, it would be, right?
1: Exactly, yeah, I think that, that's <laughs> it. But you know what, there, there's been those times, I agree, I I I would love to have something where rather than putting a stacked dado blade together, I just grab one single thing, throw it on, and be good with it. But yeah, there's also, I would like an ice cream bath, I would like... uh ice cream
2: bath <laughs> and a toilet
1: made of solid gold. Yeah, oh, <laughs> how'd you know? <laughs> My grandparents had a toilet seat that was made of money, and that was hung on their wall once they decided to stop using it. It's the most disturbing vacations I ever had in my life. Was it
2: really made of money, or was it like money embedded in some sort of plastic stuff?
1: Yeah, uh, It was embedded in plastic, okay. but as a child and uh, a small-minded adult, it was made of money.
2: <laughs> nice, nice. My mom had a wreath made of money, and that's what I was thinking. This was actually, and it wasn't in plastic. It was just folded, so they'd look like flowers. So I'm imagining this real actual dollar bill toilet seat that people were using and how gross that might be that's some dirty money right there
1: grandpa i need 25 cents go in the bathroom (laughs) take a dollar off the toilet yeah (laughs) just get it off the lid not the seat itself
2: yeah so you know i mentioned before changing gears with a perfect segue once again uh twitter now adam adam king is he still in the uh in the chat room they are having this uh, back and forth Twitter conversation about woodworking and uh, I'm not sure of various topics, I guess. I thought this was pretty compelling. I was sad that I wouldn't be able to attend because I'm in the middle of doing a show. Um, but I, what do you guys think about this? You think this is a you know cool, new, effective way to just get some woodworking conversations going?
1: Oh, definitely. Uh, Furniture girls is, is a great one for uh, woodworking marketing. I believe she used to work at a, with or used to do marketing with high end furniture. If I remember right, I, I think it oh, was okay. a specific right. company. um Hardwood artisans. There you go. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah and and uh, she she's been fantastic for you know I've I've hit her up for a few questions at, at least once I believe mm-hmm. once or twice. And uh, Adam is always, you know, great for answering, you know, uh, questions. I just don't know where else that, you know, answer them or I don't want to bother you because you're still sleeping and I don't have that special button that wakes you up <laughs> first thing in the morning.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know what?
1: Not to interrupt you, but you know what Adam is great
2: for? Every morning he asks if he can help you. And one of yes. these days I'm just going to like whatever happens to be bothering me that has nothing to do with woodworking. I'm just going to ask him for help on it. Uh, um, I have, and
1: he's <laughs> always offered the, uh, well, I don't know if I can do that, but let's do this. <laughs> I've got this really
2: bad rash, Adam, and uh, do you have any advice for me? <laughs> let's see what he says. I,
1: <laughs> My wife really didn't like the fact that I went to that club last night. I don't know what else to tell her. <laughs> can yeah. you talk to her? <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to check it out. Now, I was
2: curious how with, you know, you've got the limitation. I, I find Twitter just in general, you really have to self-edit yourself and and get, get to the point that you can make an effective sentence in 140 characters. So I wonder how in-depth they'll be able to get going back and forth. But the good thing is, are, aren't they doing a hashtag like would would something – would chat. chat. Okay, yep. so yeah, so the hashtag you can kind of go back and and follow the whole conversation uh, and see what everybody is up to. So I'm looking forward to to checking that out.
1: In fact, I think that's where I'm going to stop. Once we get done with this, I'm going to head over there just to see. Yeah, just to just to see what's going on with it. I, I, any opportunity for people to talk would, I think, is 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 a great thing. Mm-hmm. Preferably, they should talk with us only, but that's not <laughs> happening that often anymore. No, nope, I guess not. Well, what?
0: I'm I'm chatting it right now. What were you guys saying? <laughs> you
1: <Exactly>. <laughs> Never mind. Next topic: Festool <laughs> Actually, at
0: Walmart. It, it looks like Boas is paying more attention to that Oops. chat than he is to this chat. Rob, pay attention. <laughs> yeah you sorry
2: i got so excited i knocked my headphones out of place and couldn't hear you guys for the last five seconds
1: sure you were over at the twitter conversation weren't you (laughs) yeah i was
2: i was reading up um okay well i guess we've exhausted that unless anyone else has something to say about the twitter deal nope
0: i uh my boss wrote a book on twitter twitter marketing an hour a day
1: really was it 140 characters (laughs)
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: Oh, each like each sentence is
2: 140 characters <laughs> that would be fantastic imagine how annoying that would be to read <laughs> uh, well very cool uh what's the name of the book uh, you said twitter in what is it one hour a day
0: twitter marketing in an hour a day very cool you can i think they're doing yeah she's still doing a contest you can win a free copy on twitter oh no kidding uh, yeah
2: okay what is the wh- where do they go for that what is the
0: you uh just tweet uh, I want to win a copy of the hashtag, you know, pound sign TMHAD, Twitter Marketing Hour a Day, and it magically makes it into our server, and you get added into the uh, the uh, drawing.
2: Gotta love that! Free stuff is Very good. Nice.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yep, go.
2: Okay, so I wasn't kidding when I said festival at Walmart earlier. Um, got a little picture there for everybody to see. Someone emailed me and said, "What's the deal with this?" and you know, would you expect their prices to go down and, and Walmart to do what it does best and exert pressure on a supplier to bring the prices down? So we had some fun with this and I kind of tweeted about it. But when you look a little bit deeper, and this is not a joke, by the way, that is not a Photoshop, that is actually a TS55 for sale for $500 on Walmart.com. Um, apparently, the, the, what's actually happening is that Walmart is doing sort of a marketplace thing like Amazon does so that all kinds of resellers can sell things through Walmart. And that's what we're seeing here. So I think this is a Toolking product that's being sold through Walmart. So don't expect to go through the hardware department of Walmart and see a TS-75 <laughs> sitting on the shelf. <laughs> it's, it's most likely not going to happen. Um, but this was just, this was a lot of fun this week, just looking at this going, wow, what a clashing of two things that just don't belong together. Yeah,
1: right. I, I had a total image, you know, not to like, you know, my image of walmart but i could just I, I had this image of somebody walking through going fest fest to- hey is not your uncle fest he, he's got some tools or something uh, <laughs> uncle uncle fester's tools <laughs> uh you've been reading that website people of walmart haven't you <laughs> oh no i just simply have to go down we have two of them one at each end of the city and the southern version uh, the southern part one here in muskegon is just like one of those no, you can't make me go in there. <laughs> that's that's like having to do, you know, time down in the jail if you have to go down there. It's horrible. It there, scares me.
2: There isn't one time that I that I walked into Walmart and I haven't been so tempted to pull out my phone and take a picture of somebody and I'm like, "Man, that is so mean, but I want to do it so bad." <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, there's just it's you know, I don't want to make fun of people, but that sometimes you it's just to. it's just fun to make fun of people and i'm sure that's people, right that people have fun making fun of me the funny thing is you know someone should probably get a picture of me as i'm taking a picture of someone else and it's like look at this jackass taking a picture of someone and and, and look at the way he's dressed yeah.
0: <laughs> so, he's got a oh. he's got a t-shirt with some guy talking to a log on it yeah,
2: yeah. a t-shirt with, with some kind of smart ass comment on it you know <laughs> some ironic <laughs> comment
1: um, oh, man.
2: Yeah, so I thought that was just kind of funny. And no, to, a lot of people are wondering are the prices going to go down? And, and from, from what I understand, Festival has a very strict pricing policy. And no matter who it is, it doesn't matter. Any dealer of theirs has to keep the pricing straight, or they will lose their uh, privilege of selling the Festival brand. So uh, I would expect that to have the same exact pricing that you see everywhere else. Free shipping is one of the things that you can get, but that's, that's really about all that they can wheel and deal.
1: Right. Interestingly yeah. enough. I like I said, I, I still thought it was an onion radio news thing when I first saw <laughs> that. I'm like, that's impossible. That, oh my God.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is pretty funny. Sweet. Okay. So, so around the web. Um uh, Matt, you got a couple things in here. You want to take us on a little tour around the web?
1: Sure, absolutely. So of course now just in in, in being completely open and and honest with everybody. Wood talk online is not the only show I do, and um I know it's 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 nothing towards you, Mark, and and our special guest, you know, Shannon. It's Shannon's oh, fault. There That's you go. Fine. Yeah, Shannon's driving me out, so I'm going elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm always on the lookout for blogs, and recently, um, I, I, I I've been thinking of trying my hand at chair making. I've also Ooh. been thinking of a few other things, but I'm really nervous when it comes to chairs. I know Shannon, you, you have some experience with this. I, I am so. Have you guys ever see the movie The Patriot, the one with Mel Gibson? Long and, time ago, yeah. Yeah, and there's that scene where he's like trying to build the Windsor chair, you know, and he's got it all put together, and then he sits in and it falls apart, and he gets all angry. <laughs> yeah, that's what I picture would happen if I attempted to build a chair. So I'm I'm just fascinated by chair making, mm-hmm. not enough to take a class yet. That's that's building up to it. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm I was out looking for some chair making stuff, and I came across uh, Peter Gilbert's uh, Chair Notes blog. Now, uh Peter's he's taught at uh Kelly Mailer's school. I I think he's he's been at Highland Woodworking a few times. Um he's he's definitely I think he has his own school going on if I remember right. But mm. um so I, I headed on over there and I checked out his his uh his blog. Really neat stuff. He's got quite a few posts up there. The most recent one though, if you go to it right now, um he has a post about uh his goat giving birth uh to some yeah. kids. So um <laughs> You might want to sc- scroll down <laughs> below Skip that one. one. <laughs> 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 nice. it, the, the, I think the one below that is talking about hide glue. And I've been seeing, you know, there's quite a bit of conversation going on about hide glue. In fact, I think Joel over at Tools for Working Wood uh, was talking about a, a book that's out right now. I think it was just just brought back out uh, all about hide glue. And there was one neat thing that kind of caught my eye was he was— Peter was kind of like mixing New World with Old World. In fact, that um, you know how we get glue squeeze out, he was using an ultraviolet flashlight to find where the high glue was seeping out in oh. some of the, the chairs. Because it's and a
2: protonaceous sort of uh, mixture, right?
1: exactly it was glowing much like you would glow if you went to a hotel room to see what was on the bedspread and on the walls. Go there
0: don't go there <laughs> <laughs> see if i did that though all the drops of blood would show up
1: that <laughs> over chair. now you're coming into my shop or into my house in general please remove all ultraviolet flashlights or possibilities <laughs> we do not want to have anything happening right. but that that was one of the things that kind of caught my eye and Slick. then as i, I went Went through a whole bunch of his other uh, blog posts. He's got some great ones on designing pieces, uh, finishing them, just a whole bunch of stuff. So I thought that was a really neat blog post for people to check out. Um, and, and it looks like it's a, a nice uh, a mixture of it's mainly hand tools that he's doing, just a lot of traditional stuff. And it looks like it's mostly Windsor chairs. Oh, okay. So and that's at chairnotes.blogspot.com. Of course, we'll have links in the show notes. The other thing that caught my eye, and I, I don't know if you got an email for this, um, it was uh, uh, woodworking custom plans. And I haven't had a chance to really play with this yet, but the idea of the website yeah. is they have a, like a, it's like three or four basic pieces. You go in and say you, you want you want a plan for building um, a, a table, mm-hmm. but you can't find the right plan at those any of those plan stores, you know, online or at, at like Woodcraft or something like that. You can go to their site and they have i think it's like for $20 for the the table plan they all they all vary from what whatever plans you get in and you can slightly customize it to what you're looking for dude this is awesome yeah, I mean it, it's really great. You they, you can customize the sizes, the style uh, options for like you know the the legs for the in, any any side panel stuff like that. And then the neat thing is you customize it the way you want it with using kind of like the the modules that they have there. There are some limitations, but then uh, what they'll do is you take the order. They get it, and about a week later, they'll contact you with the plans and say, Okay, look this over. Is this what you want? Mm-hmm. And if it is, then you pay for it, and then they send everything to you. But if it's not, there's no obligation. You don't have to do anything with it.
2: This is so, so- well done. I mean, I'm just, it's so simply designed. You guys got to check this out. Um, I'm looking at, like, I'm, I just clicked on a dresser because this is very near and dear to my heart with the new guild build coming up. We're doing a chest of drawers. And uh, I used um, a service called uh, Aaron Marshall to to do this, (laughs) who uh, designed it and helped me get it, you know, to that point. But I'm looking at this going, this is fantastic. You could just kind of pick what type of sides, frame and panel. Do you want it to to be a divided panel? How many drawers, split drawer at the top, uh, mortise and tenon versus butt joints. This is fantastic. What a cool
1: idea. Yeah, this was this was pretty neat. This popped in my email box. Uh, it was last week, I think it was, and that's what I'm like. I got to make a note for this in case we actually follow through on our plan to be here next Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wanted to have that one in there. And the site is woodworkingcustomplans.com. Again, we'll have links in the show notes so that everybody can check this out if you're interested. Again, it's a, it's another opportunity to to get a more customized project for whatever it is that you want to build. So there you cool. go.
2: That is very cool. Uh okay, I had a couple here that I wanted to mention. One of them is just a quick uh forum post that's going on that I just thought was really funny. I don't think I I laughed as much uh, on this as I have on anything else. Uh at lunchtime, it there's just a post about some guy and I don't even know if the video is available anymore, but this poor dude on on YouTube Um, is, you know, well-meaning. He's doing a post about this little scrolling project that he's doing, but right off the bat, he's sawing, and he's got his leg up on something. Like, I don't know why his leg is up, but his leg is up. Maybe it's more comfortable to saw with your leg up. Um, But his his business, his nuggets, are right at the perfect line with the blade, right? So I'm watching him do this, and I'm like, you know, if this guy has a problem, he's going to have a big problem on his hands. So to make matters worse, then this is like in the first five seconds of the video, he's holding, using a feather board. He's using that as like a second push stick. So he's using a feather board to keep it up against the fence as he's pushing it through with a push stick. And sure enough, because he's applying pressure to the cutoff piece, um, this this cut off now not too fast. I mean it's it's a loose cut off, a very thin piece, so it wasn't too severe. But what's it do? Boom! Right back hits him right in the in his you know his right in the, yeah in the family <laughs> jewels. Um, now he didn't have a reaction. I mean it didn't look like it actually hurt him. But I'm just thinking, dude, you you are proving the point right there. So the video goes on and just gets worse. And the comments in this thread, I'll put the link in the show notes, uh, the thread in the community. It's just hilarious watching people just rip this guy a new one. Um, I feel kind of bad for him because he seems like a nice enough guy who's just trying to share his woodworking. But man, I mean, poster boy for everything you could possibly <laughs> be doing wrong in the workshop. It's just <laughs> hilarious. Uh,
1: the Kind of the uh, do as I say, not as I do.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was scary. Scary, scary stuff. Um, So definitely check that out. Uh, Now, Jeremy emailed me uh, and let me know about another site that's out there that I thought was really good. It's called uh, Pegs and Tails. And I'm not sure if he has the full URL or if it's just, it's pegsandtails.wordpress.com. So I'm not not sure if the actual full URL works. But anywho, great website. Um, Let me read what he, uh, oops, clicking on all different things here. Um, The guy's name, I guess, I couldn't imagine this being his real name, but how cool would it be if it was? His name is Jack Plain. And uh, and he says uh, he's an amazing woodworker with truly encyclopedic knowledge of 18th century English furniture. His work in progress postings gave a great insight or give a great insight into how to make these beautiful pieces. I think this would be something that you could uh, very happily recommend to Wood Talk Online listeners and let them look at. It. So go check it out. It's at uh, pegsandtails.wordpress.com amazing stuff. Now this is, this is that stuff where I put on, I have two sides of woodworking. The stuff that I admire but will never build and then all Uh the stuff that I'm probably going to try to build someday. Uh, This definitely goes into the class of things that I will probably never build but I will still just drool over when I see the craftsmanship behind this stuff. So definitely go take a look if you're interested in uh, some period pieces. This guy does have some amazing, amazing stuff on there. Right. I'm I'm there right
0: What's that? Yeah. I think He's down under too, down in Australia.
2: Oh, put another shrimp on a bobby.
0: Yeah, that's probably they, why Jeremy sent him over.
2: Yeah, yeah, they never people. get uh, they never get bored of hearing people say that. Well, I bet I know
0: <laughs> George Walker referenced him on his Design Matters blog a little while ago. Oh, did he? That's where I found him originally. It's in my um, my Google Reader, I think ever since George brought it up because nice. I'd never heard of it before. But his stuff's awesome,
2: absolutely awesome. I love it when these, these people just pop up, it's seemingly out of nowhere. Clearly. They've been doing their thing for a while, but when, you know, we exist in this woodworking online world and somehow coexist and not even know that the other person is there.
0: Right. And he's building a Windsor chair, Matt.
1: Oh yeah, you know I saw that. Right, I, I couldn't get past his uh, mulberry bookcase they had going. I was just looking at that right now, and that that's just amazing. It's, gorgeous. it's just the fact that it's mulberry.
2: <laughs> hey, um, speaking of Windsor chairs, now I I, I, sh- I asked for permission because I don't know if it's too early to talk about this, so I won't go into too much detail. But there are going to be kits being made available for Windsor chairs. I don't know um, what stage of the process they're in. Uh, but this is going to be from the the woodwork store. You guys know them in uh, Ohio. What is it? Oh yeah, I, Columbus, I saw right?
1: a, a, a Twitter from them today. They were I was gonna talking gonna about it. going to say they tweeted that today. They did didn't? Tweet yeah. it? Okay, I wasn't nope.
2: paying attention, so if they tweeted it, then it's fair to talk about it. Um, they have these kits that are basically Windsor chairs in a box, and I imagine there's going to be some, I don't know how much woodworking is done to it. I don't know, maybe they don't scoop the seed out or something. Or, uh, may, I hope you don't just pull all the pieces out and glue this thing together. Um, But either way, I'm going to actually get one of these things and and why the heck not, you know, and just see what it's like. And speaking of this stuff, I mean, Matt, if you're afraid to start a chair project, what a great set of training wheels, you know, to kind of give you a little bit of exposure to how the parts relate to each other and what fits in where and just give you an idea of the the relative size of parts. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to do.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking that. I'm like, well, if they put it together or if if everything's pretty much there and they got an idea of what's going on. Because I'm the type of person that's going to pick like the the wrong grain direction. And that's why like all the legs will fall apart on me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's cheating. I mean, no doubt
2: about it. It's cheating. But it is it is especially with chairs. I I consider there's a few things that I consider like higher level woodworking, like um, musical instruments to name one, mm. and chairs. And I think chairs, because of their the, the utility of them, require you to do certain things for that chair to, number one, be comfortable, and number two, to actually work and not break over time because of the extreme amount of stress. So I think right. a chair is definitely that next-level project, and there's nothing wrong with a little bit of hand-holding.
1: Right. No, but, no, no, I You know,
0: I, I think as, as an entrance into chair-making, Windsor's are the place to start.
2: Oh, really? Uh, okay. I,
0: that's all I've ever built. Yeah is Windsor's. Well, I I say it like I'm experienced. I built two Windsor's. Well, you've got a
2: picture of that on your homepage, don't you?
0: Yeah. I'm sitting in it right now. Actually. It's quite comfy. Cool. Um, And, uh, and I can lean back on the back two legs and it creaks a little, but it doesn't break. Oh, Nice. I lean far yeah. all over. So, <laughs> do um, it, do it, do it. <laughs> I know um, the very first Windsor I built, I built it in a class at Woodcraft, and that's the Colonial Chairmaking Company. I believe he's in Ohio somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he mm-hmm. also sells kits. And that class was it was done over three days, you know, and he teaches these at Woodcrafts around the country. And there's no way... Well, I suppose if you're Mike Dunbar, you can make a chair in three days. But... I was going to say three days. That's
2: <laughs> ambitious. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, we basically started with spindle blanks and we, you know, shaved them into the blanks and you cut the tenons on both ends. Um, and we bent one, we bent the the bow. We didn't bend the arm. The arm came already bent because mm-hmm. there just wasn't time to do that. Um, and the legs were already turned, which I didn't care about because I, I knew how to turn when I took the class. Um, but you know, we started with a big old blank for the chair, and we used it ads to, to carve it out and define the rail around the back, you know, refined it with a travisher, and then, you know, if you really want to, turn on your Vestal Rotex sander. <laughs> Just <to> round it <laughs> off, right? <shut> <laughs> um, but we drilled all the holes, all the compound angles, and we wedged all the joints. Um, it was really fascinating, because it was um, a study in how to work with green wood, mm-hmm. and Properties, why these chairs stay together for two three hundred years, because and it was really fascinating because you drill you drill the mortise, you know, the round mortises and round tenons and the make sure I'm getting this right. The stretchers were dry, but the legs were wet. So you drill a hole into the wet leg and it it starts to shrink Mm -hmm. as, as it's drying out. And and literally, we fit the tenons and got them just right. And then we and the whole idea was is once you drill these mortises, you got to put it together. There is no waiting because that tenon won't fit in that mortise after about a minute.
2: Wow! It,
0: and it really was amazing how quickly it locked it in place. Huh, okay, and it's a mechanical joint where the tenon is now larger than the mortise that it's sitting in. Same way as when you put the the legs into the seat itself, you're wedging it so you you can't come apart. I mean, these chairs are, are literally bomb-proof. It's really, really cool to see how it goes together. And, you know, that, that class that I took, I guess this was four years ago now, I guess. Mm-hmm. probably. I mean, that's what tipped me over the edge into hand tools because we built the entire thing by hand. And it was it was so cool. Wow. Um, and then from there, I went and, you know, built the steam box and built my other chair from the ground up. Um, I would still love, like I've been reading Chris Schwartz's blog about his trip up to the Windsor Institute. That's like, you know, down the road a few years, but I would sure, love to sure. get and learn from Dunbar because, you know, his. everybody I've talked to who's taken a class with Mike, it's been like, I've never understood how this worked before. And then Mike told it to me, and, you know, now it's clear as day. And actually, Chris Schwartz said that like several times in his blog, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that guy knows what he's talking about. When it comes to <laughs> and he was like, you know, I kept smacking my forehead. Oh, I can't believe I never thought of it that way before. Yeah, so.
2: yeah. You know, um, I'm looking on Woodwork site. They did make the announcement on the site too, and it looks like it looks like it's almost finished. I mean, the, everything is turned, everything is bent. It looks even. I mean, looking at it now, I can't imagine with that much pre done for you that they that they would not scoop out the the you know the little butt scoop. So Mm -hmm. I I guess that that is done too. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, at least it'll be a fun assembly project at the very least. Now, funny enough, uh, going back to our conversation on security, right under that at woodworks.com, that's uh, W-E-R-K-S, not Um, O-R. Woodworks. Did you see this? uh, Yeah. Did you see (laughs) this uh, thing there? Security is on sale at Woodworks. There is a security system that is made for protecting tools and things like you know on job sites and stuff like that so it's incredibly expensive it's like six hundred and thirty nine dollars and then i guess a bunch of accessories that you can add to it um but you can use it to secure you know vehicles and atvs and things like that on your property uh all, all types of things like that but i just thought that was ironic that we were just
1: talking about that <laughs> that is actually pretty ironic <laughs> yeah very neat. sweet well okay. before
0: we get too far away from the chair making thing oh yeah yeah um, ColonialChairCompany.com. Okay. that's the the guy that I took the class with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Mike Carroll.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: and he sells kits and videos. And his, I know, like it comes with the stuff already pre-bent. Yeah. But I mean, if you click on his kit link, you can see what comes with it. So essentially, you're you're hollowing out the seat. Um, you're do you're basically doing all the joinery because um, the spindles you have to actually form the tenons. You've mm-hmm. got to form the tenons on the legs. Um, they're just rough turned. Um, so, I mean, that's a good introduction to it without sure. having to get into the steam bending. And, I mean, shaping this seat, I think, is what freaks a lot of people out more than anything else. Yeah. Even though, frankly, it's really not that hard. It's just whacking stuff away. Um, yeah, yeah, it especially is. Especially if you've got one of those cool die grinder things that you've got, Mark. Ooh, I love that thing. Things. Or or actually, for that matter, just go to Charles Neal's YouTube page and watch him carve a seat. He does a really good <laughs> video.
2: Yeah, the uh, the die grinder is nice, and the... um What is it called? The Arbortech blade is just fantastic. And that I mean, that thing is scary. That's a lot of power to have in your hands. But it's it's very cool.
1: Well, you know, what's kind of funny is that talking about the the Colonial Chair Company, I had a chance to uh, to meet Mike last summer at that Woodcraft event that I went to in uh, West Virginia. And his his assistant that was with him is actually a fan of uh, the shows here. And so he was like, you know, got to get pictures together and I was trying to introduce uh, Mike and like, hey, we got to get him on the show. Mm-hmm. Really? Because I don't do chairs. So, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, and not, not to stay too long
2: on the chair topic, but it, it got me thinking, you know, what's on my short list, uh, my short wish list and sort of bucket list is a blacker house chair. Oh, OK. Ooh, and nice. what I'm thinking about doing for that, because, I mean, you guys have taken classes, too. You know, there is nothing better when you really want to learn how to make something than to go to a five or seven or 10 day, whatever the length is, class to build something because it's amazing how much you can get done when you're sort of a captive audience. That's all you're working on for that period of time and um, William Ng has a Blacker House chair class that he does that I am absolutely biting at the bit to be able to take so that's on my short list but up there, really up there in terms of challenge but I would imagine the real hard work is all the templates and things like that and once those are all done, it's kind of just a lot of pattern routing you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, really,
1: <laughs> but again it's
2: it's that hand holding that you need to get you through um you know, making a chair from scratch is gotta be incredibly difficult, so uh you know it's just nice to pop into a classic design like a Windsor or you know Blacker House or one of these other chairs, so that's on my Absolutely. personal personal short list
1: yep, yeah first step is a killer yeah so,
2: that it sweet. is all right we got uh, let's see what do we have here? We talked about that we've got a couple of voicemails. Mm -hmm. We could tackle those, and uh, let's see. Our first one here is from Renee, and let's see if we have some suggestions even from the chat room. Um, Leave this one open to everybody. She's got a question about dust collection quick fittings, and here we go.
3: Hi, I have a question for the Wood Talk Online. I am trying to get uh, quick disconnect fittings on... uh, dust collection hose to, st- to stay connected to the dust collection port on my tools. Every time I put them on, they slide and fall off. Is there some sort of trick or, or something I should be getting? Because I'm getting a growing collection of, of dust collection fittings that just either fall off or just don't work. Thanks. Okay, oh, so her... name her, is Renee.
2: Oops, sorry, I interrupted her telling us her name was Renee. Um, <laughs> you guys have any tips for that? I don't really use many quick uh connects because it just drives me nuts having to do that. So I try to keep all mine clamped in place. But I guess if you're moving a dust collector around, those quick connect fittings are gonna be essential. You know, so hers hers are falling off. I mean you guys oh. have any ideas for like how do you how do you tighten them up or, or get them to fit properly other than just jamming the thing on there?
1: <laughs> Shannon, do you have anything? Since you're the guest, I'll let you go first before I interrupt you. Um- <laughs> Well, yes,
0: I do use Quick Connect fittings. Um, The biggest problem I have with them is I've bought a couple of them from different manufacturers, and they don't work with one another. Oh, there you Um, go. So the first thing would be if you're going to buy them, buy them all at the same time from the same place. (laughs) Because Rocklers (laughs) fit differently from Woodcrafts and et cetera, et cetera. Uh Um, Honestly, though, they've never slipped. Um, It's pretty much friction, right?
2: I mean, you got to get it in there. Maybe twist, twist it just a little bit, and it should lock in.
0: Yeah. Now, I suppose if you know, depending on who you're, what you're connecting it to. And, you know, if there's a lot of weight on the hose or whatever, but like, I mean, I've got a hose coming out of my table saw that just a little short, whatever, two or three foot hose that I connect my dust collector to. So Mm -hmm. the connection actually sits on the floor. So there, I mean, there's no stress on it at all, but you know, the one into the fence of my router table, no, it just slips in there. I've never had it slip on me. Hmm. Now, the one thing I'll say is the most of the ones I have, I got at Rockler, part of that dust right system they have, you know, that super long expandable hose.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, they fit really snugly to the point where if you try to disconnect it while it's running while the suction's on mm-hmm. a lot of times you'll pull the fitter like the fitting off the dual because okay. it, oh, it fits so well so you have to turn the the vacuum off
2: <laughs> nice so, <laughs> I,
0: I can't really help because mine don't slip at all
2: um Eric and, in the and, chat room is is making a good suggestion he says wrap the male of the fitting or basically that would probably be on the tool most likely Um, wrap that with 400 grit uh, sandpaper around the outside and that'll just thicken it up just a little bit, but add also that little bit of friction. And when it starts to to pull out, uh, just um, take it off and put a new one on.
0: Yeah. So dust fitting Uh, condom. Yeah, basically (laughs) not a bad (laughs) idea. Um,
2: Let's see, it was what <laughs> you know. I thought someone was taking your, your comment and making a joke about it. No, I'm not even going to say that. He says, Ad, <laughs> He says, adds thickness and a little grip. And I thought grip was girth, but that would have been taking that in a place it doesn't need to go. Um.
1: <laughs> As we're now moving into the adult swim hour of Woodstock online, already, <laughs> already, wow! Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the, the other thing I, I have to suggest that I, I have one system called the uh, the Phase Lock Quick Disconnect one. And the nice thing about that it has, of course, the male and the female end, but the male end actually has a little. Uh, Oh God, this is going to go in that. Just the say it. Switch. Just say it's got, it. It's got a little no, but at the one end and you can lock it into place and it kind of holds it. But the other thing I do is, um, I have those, uh, uh, the quick release, uh, uh, clamps or not the clamps, but the, um, the, yeah, the pipe, the hose, uh, clamps mm-hmm. and it has like the really big, um, uh, handle on it so I can pinch it with my thumbs and those move so fast. I can quickly undo one of those and move it from one machine to the other in no time at all without any issues. And I don't worry about slippage or anything else. So
2: nice. Okay. Well,
1: maybe something like that.
2: Well, you know what? I was going to save this for the end of the show, but since we're being you know, inappropriate now, let's just squeeze it all in. This is actually, my guess, from the voice. This, I think, is from Renee as well. And she left this voicemail before she left the other one.
3: Okay. I have to say, I don't want you guys to take this wrong, but uh, I actually listen to the podcast when I go to sleep at night, and it really helps. And uh, I understand that it took you guys a long time to get to 69, and even though you're not going to make rude comments about it, I am. So I'm finally glad the two of you are
2: really 69 together. Bye. <laughs> I'll give you guys time in case you're listening to the live feed to, to hear that. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So oh. hey, she said it, not me. And uh, I, I refuse to take responsibility for that. Finally, the guys are off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I did hit the play button. So uh, thanks for that, Renee. We uh, always appreciate insights like that. Uh, Let's move along before I get myself into more trouble here. Um, Runningwood, a long time, uh, uh, what would you call him? I don't want to say fan. I hate using the word fan. But a long time community member uh, and uh, all around nice guy. And also quite the accomplished uh, neurologist. Ooh. Yeah. He left us a voicemail. Here it goes.
3: Hey, Matt and Mark. This is uh, David or Runningwood as known in the chat. I've been a big fan and follower of both of you. Anyway, right to my questions. I have two questions. The first, what sorts of fasteners do you guys have in the shop for standby? Meaning, if one were to start building a supply in the shop of fasteners, what sizes uh, and types of heads would be best to be kept on hand for various projects? So when I'm going to fasten that tabletop, I don't have to run out to the store to buy some. My second question has to do with hand tools. And I was wondering, with all the discussion with moving to hand tools and using hand tools to do various jobs, how would one go about making a sliding dovetail with hand tools? This seems like one thing that would just be not worth the effort. Um, So either one can try to tackle it. Um, I'll listen and keep up the great work, both Mac and Matt. Mac and Mark. Mark and Matt, bye. Thanks for taking my call.
2: He called you Mac,
1: Matt. You know, I get that an awful... I used to get (laughs) Macs a lot, too. Apparently, I just never pronounced the T at the end. (laughs) Nice. All
2: right. so he wants to know, first part of his question, first, uh, fasteners that we stock in the workshop, and I imagine there's some common ones that we all stock, but uh, for me, primarily, is a whole range of screws, and they're all usually number 8 uh typically square drive Robertson screws uh, are my favorite type, and I stock them in all different lengths from the little baby ones on up to uh you know really long three and a half inches usually as as far as i 'll go um, and I keep them in my little multi box little thing that from from home depot that that 's for hardware that has a little handle on it. I find that to be pretty convenient but that's that's really about it in addition to that, I guess uh, pan head screws if I need to do any pocket screw work uh, which doesn't happen all that often. And I think besides that i I do have an assortment that I bought of brass screws just in case you know I lose some from a hardware kit or or whatever I like to have a nice selection of small brass screws on hand as well but that's uh that's about it for me what about you guys
1: uh for myself, pretty much identical uh not so much with the brass and the, the sizes I usually kind of go with are like the one inch one and a half maybe I'll have a few of the the two inch on hand um and then I know a lot of people will frown on this, but I I kind of go with the drywall screws. I like having those. I, I'll use those a lot of times for uh, for jigs. They're just quick and easy to grab. They oh, bite sure. pretty easily. They're cheap. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's the that's the big thing. They're cheap. <laughs> and the other thing is, uh, I always make sure to have a, a nice assortment of uh, a coarse thread and fine thread too, depending on what I'm working with, and in in those all those different ranges. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, pretty much uh, identical with what you mentioned. Nice. Uh, what about you, Shannon?
0: Probably going to be boring and say ditto. Yeah. There's <laughs> not, not much variety, right? I mean, there's only so yeah. many things. And and actually, Matt, I've got a you know a box of drywall screws as well. And, you know, I guess, I mean, you said pan head screws, but I do have, you know, those pocket hole, uh, what are they called? Self-tapping. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. I've got a bunch mm-hmm. of those. But, yeah, mostly number eights, um, anywhere from three quarters of an inch up to about two and a half, I guess. Yeah. You You watch my podcast, that's what's underneath the air cleaner, those little... Boxes there in the background that's all screws and such. Nice. So, yeah, nothing nothing special, I guess, other than if you want to call it fasteners. I got things like figure eight, you know, what are those things called? Yeah,
2: figure eight, eight fasteners eight. for fasteners. tabletops. Right.
0: Yeah. Yep. Got a bunch of those floating around and you know, leftover hinges and stuff like that. But that's not really a fastener.
2: Right. True. Okay, well, that's about it. Um, the second part of his question, which I figure, you know what, let's give uh, Shannon, um, you know, first crack. Actually, let's give him the only crack at it. There we go. <laughs> because when someone asks me how do I make a, a sliding dovetail by hand, I either say one of two things: I don't, or I grab my router by my hands right. and by then hand. and then I make my slot. So, so if you were to do it by hand, what what would you do?
0: It's a handheld router. Um, <laughs> well, I, I I've done this. Weiss? Maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and There's a couple of ways of doing it. Uh, certainly, there are dovetail planes that are you know, on the market. Um, there's some new ones. I think, uh, what's that German company? Uh, they make scrub planes. ECE? ECE, yep. I'm pretty sure they make, in fact, I know you can get them through Lee Valley. Mm-hmm. But the traditional way of doing it, and I watched um, Mac Headley do this in the Williamsburg shop uh, last year sometime. You make a dado. Um, start with a dado that is you know the width of the top part of your dovetail the narrow part of your dovetail um, and then using um, a chisel uh, you can cut the wide part that's how mac did it um, the other more traditional or not traditional kind of more modern way of doing it is using um uh, i think it's a stanley 98 and 99 those side rabbit planes okay uh, lee nielsen makes them and lee valley has a new one out but They're all based on the 98s and 99s. Um, don't quote me on that Stanley number. Yeah, 98, <laughs> 99. Thank you, Patrick Leach. Um, and uh, once you've got that dado cut, that side rabbit plane, you can go in and work it at an angle, whatever that angle of that pin needs to be, and you will basically relieve the bottom part of that dado. Um, that you know, it's kind of a two-step process and mm-hmm. it can be a little bit difficult to get the sides perfectly even. Um, personally, the the way that I liked doing it, again, I've only done it twice, but um, using a dovetail saw and, you know, okay. just like, or, or a tenon saw, a wider saw would be nice, you know, if you're making a wide sliding dovetail, say you're, you know, building like a HEPA white case and you're dovetailing the top to your carcass sides, um, a longer saw is going to be helpful to keep that Essentially, that dado straight, mm-hmm. but essentially you're you're cutting it at an angle. Um, instead of cutting the dado perpendicular to the board face, you're cutting it at an angle. So you define the sides of it with that saw, and then just go back with a a chisel and pop out the waste in between and finish it up with a router plane. That's frankly the easiest way to do it. Um, there is a video take you back to probably one of the first 10 episodes of the rough cut show, Mm -hmm. Tommy Mac's old show where he cuts a a sliding dovetail on the bottom of a tripod table using a dovetail saw. Okay. That would be a good place to go to kind of see how that's done. Um, Nice. Maybe I'll do a show about it.
2: Why not? Yeah. How about on the, uh, you're going to do the guild build coming up, right? Yeah, there we go. Um, I mean, maybe, I don't know what your plans for the style are, but you've got some, definitely some opportunity for sliding dovetails there. Sure. For sure. Uh, not to pressure you or anything. But <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, where is it? Where is it? He said he was going to do it. I, I heard
1: him. <laughs> go back to episode 70 of Wood Talk Online.
2: And uh, I did get a picture. Um, it's hard to see exactly how it works, but I did get a picture of that ECE plane, the dovetail plane from their website yeah. real quick and threw it up there so people can check that yeah. out. Uh, okay, well, that's uh, that's our, our voicemails. Let's go into our sweet deals. If you guys can believe it, it's already been an hour and 10 minutes, so we got to hustle a little bit here. Uh, we're doing a pretty long show. Uh, sweet deals. I've got a couple things that I put in here. Matt, you got a few things so let's just jump into it. Okay. Uh, Charles Neal, you guys know that guy, right? Um, he actually just finished a new feature, one of his DVDs. This one is called It's All About the Benjamins. No, it's all about the color. I just think of the I just think of uh, the Benjamins when I hear that, but uh, it's all about the color, and it's probably if I know Charles, anything and everything pertaining to adding color to wood in a sort of encyclopedia fashion uh, is going to be in this set. I mean, he, he, the guy has a way of just you know spewing everything that's in his brain into his videos, and it's fantastic. So, <laughs> uh, so definitely that's one of the new things that's out. You have to check that out. But the big thing is they're having their spring blowout sale right now. And I got this in a newsletter and got permission to share it with the the Wood Talk Online people. So you have to use the code CNW for Charles Neal Woodworking, 2010. CNW 2010. That's going to get you 30% off any of the DVDs that they have in stock. And I saw in the fine print, it also includes his uh, uh, pre-conditioner sealer stuff that he just came out with. So if you're interested in trying that, I think that is applicable for that coupon as well. So definitely something to check out.
1: Very nice. Oh, I got an email the other day from the folks over at Highland Woodworking, and they said they had some great deals going on. I'm sure you can find these over at the site, but just to kind of run it down, uh, a couple of things from DeWalt. The first thing is a quarter sheet finishing sander. They've got it on sale for 29.99. Uh It's $10 cheaper than it normally is. And then they also have a DeWalt variable speed orbital jigsaw, uh dollars $40 savings right there. And then a Rycon 10, uh, is it Rycon? Ry- Rycon. That's Rycon. how I say it yeah so uh the r ten inch bandsaw um uh, is uh now about one ninety nine ninety nine uh not quite a hundred dollars uh, it's what that's uh eighty dollars cheaper than it normally is um so if you're sending in those head on over to highland woodworking to check that out. Eagle America, they have free shipping on any order through March 31st, which is Memorial Day. This is Memorial Day weekend how we're heading into as we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Use promo code H2100522 in case you didn't get those numbers. i will have them in the show notes. Woodcraft, free shipping on orders of $25 or more. And this just came in. Peachtree Woodworking, 25 to 60% off. Select items for their uh, Memorial Day weekend thing going on. Enter the key code Day one and uh that's what i got nice you know what let me tell
2: you something about peach trees i planted a peach tree this year and it had hundreds of beautiful little baby peaches on it and some freaking little birds came and ate all my peaches
1: oh they just love the furry little peach that's what it is they loved how furry it was probably
2: i'm so mad i was so looking forward to peaches anyway and some peaches and cream yes speaking of peaches and cream let's listen to tom's tip <laughs> tom's tips that's right i said tom's tips I didn't say Tom's lips. I said Tom's tips. Hello, everyone. It's Tom Iovino from Tom's
1: Workbench, and it's time for another one of Tom's Tips. Are you looking for a very precise square to use in the workshop? You could lay some big bucks down on a high-end, hyper-precise woodworking square, but a cheaper and just as accurate solution can be found at your local office supply store. Visit the drafting section and pick up a plastic drawing triangle. These things are insanely accurate and handy as all get-out. Use yours for machine setups, ensuring glue-ups are square, and dozens of other uses. And you'll spend less than $10. Not a bad solution for the money. If you want to discover more clever, useful, or even somewhat coherent tips, check out my blog at tomsworkbench.com or visit the Wood Whisperer community at community.thewoodwhisperer.com.
2: Very cool. Thanks for that, Tom. Keeping things safe. From hurricanes down in Florida, that's He's what the Tommy man. Does. Yeah, uh, getting some uh, prompts in the chat room to make sure we give a shout out to uh, Tommy McDonald and give him a big congratulations on his new show. Uh, they did make the official announcement um, that they have a multi-season deal with um, uh, WGBH and PBS uh, for. Right. I guess the official name now is Rough Cut Woodworking with Tommy Mac or some version of his name at the end uh but yeah it sounds like it's going to be pretty cool uh, from the the write-up i saw on pop woodworking i think glenn put up a blog post explaining a little bit about what they're going to be doing with the show
1: uh sounds that's pretty right.
2: exciting so big congratulations to him that's awesome
1: yeah that's, uh, great. I I know. that's right that's right yeah they're filling, filming already, so uh, it should be pretty interesting when it comes out. Hopefully, uh, we'll be hearing some more news about which channels or what stations it's going to be on. So, Yeah, PBS is always that.
2: – that's the one – like, PBS is great, but that's the one problem with it. Is it's so dependent on your region, you know, that that uh, there's some gr- could be great shows out there that some of us just may never see because it's not in our market.
1: Exactly. Anyway, well, so, ho- let's, hopefully let's we'll hope see it. they embrace this
0: thing called the internet, too. I know Glenn made mention of that possible online, you know, supplement, so maybe – You know you – know,
2: yeah, and and it's it's tough. I mean, you guys see with just regular TV stuff, some you know networks embrace it. You know, like the the, the new app, what is it that's on the iPad? Is it ABC? I think that has an app that's absolutely mm. fantastic. I mean, and you can watch current stuff; it's right there. Uh, you know, and to me, I think it's just it's all good for for the network, and I think the the, the companies and the, the the networks that realize this are only going to benefit from it. So it's the same thing goes with those guys. If they don't allow this stuff on the internet, I think they're losing an incredible opportunity.
1: That's right. Yep.
2: Off my soapbox now. Anyway, uh, (laughs) um, let's hear uh... (laughs) it. I might, I might, uh, Carrie's tip. She's always, uh, she's always good for a great tip and, uh, she's feeling, she's feeling very, um, what would be the word effervescent because it's spring. She's light and airy. So, Oh, nice. Yeah. She's feeling good.
0: Ah, spring. Flowers bloom, birds sing, and brilliant sunshine fills our workshops. All winter long, we breathe sawdust and paint thinner, so with the warmer weather, I encourage you to open wide your shop windows and breathe in the fresh air while you work. You're not the only one who benefits from this. So do your neighbors, because now they'll be able to hear once again the melodious tunes emanating from your planer and table saw. My neighbors look forward to this every year. How do I know? Because whenever they see me, they wave like crazy. But the strange thing is, the neighbors on both sides of my house must have experienced a similar unfortunate accident that claimed all but the middle fingers on their hands. Despite this, they wave. God love
1: them. (laughs) That's just fantastic.
2: (laughs) She's so clever.
1: Oh, my. The only problem I have with spring, is, you know, that means love is in the air because everybody's out, and i got to get my garden hose and get those damn kids off my yard. I'm sick and tired <laughs> of what's going on up there. Your kids get off my
0: lawn.
2: <laughs> love is in the air. What's that have to do with kids on
1: your lawn? And take your dogs, too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: see, the thing is, I mean, Carrie doesn't live that far, too far north of me. But I don't know about you, but in the middle of summer, I open my windows, and I can actually see – the rust forming on my table. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, don't, I unfortunately don't have that problem. But, you know, there have been times during uh, monsoon um, in, in the middle of summer, late summer, where we really just get hammered. And our version of hammered is like, I don't know, 30 or 40 percent humidity. Um, but when you're used to a completely dry environment, that's when I find out, you know, how fast these things can rust. And especially in an environment where there normally is, you know, little to no moisture. As soon as we get a little bit in there, man, it's within days. I mean, boom, I just see all these little flecks of rust everywhere. And it's like, whoop, I got to remember, I still need to, to protect this stuff. So I don't envy you guys who have that, that humid, uh, those humid conditions.
1: Yeah, we weather through, let me tell you. You deal with it.
2: <laughs> you do what you got to do. All right. All right well, that, uh, I think that really
1: brings everything to a close. Take us out, Mr. Vanderlist. All right. So once again, as we're going to do at the top and at the bottom of the show, we're going to give you our contact information. We can be reached by email at woodtalkonline at gmail.com. You can pick up the phone and leave us a message on our voicemail at 623 242 2450. Or you can use the magical Twitter, if a kind of thingy Twitter, uh, at MBW Podcast or at Wood Whisperer. And also and- at Renaissance Woodworker, right?
2: So it's Renaissance WW your Twitter address. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it is.
1: And, and that one too. That's right. You can, you can stop over there and see Shannon. A ton of great Shannon goes back and forth every day on, on Twitter. I'm always trying to catch up with them. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon, you're one of my you're one of my main stops on Twitter. I just want you to know that I'm addicted to what Shannon is doing, and that's not being sarcastic either.
0: <laughs> oh shucks. <laughs> nice
1: so anyways those that's our contact information we'll have links for those in the show notes to make sure it's that much easier so that you can call in and leave comments like renee did today um as as, as you yeah, so. please
2: leave comments like that that's always helpful all yeah, right uh, it it takes the heat just,
1: off of us yeah because i i will
2: play them i have no problems with that all right, well, I think that just about does it for us. Thank you, Shannon, once again for uh, uh, subjecting yourself to the crap that we put you through. Um, it's always a pleasure.
0: <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> a lot of fun, as always.
2: Absolutely. And we'll catch everybody next time.
1: That's right. Take care, Bye.
2: everyone. Bye.